Tell, tell your neighbor one more time, celebrate something. You know, there's a lot to celebrate. You know, last week we had vacation to celebrate Linda's 70th birthday. She gets more beautiful every year. But this Sunday we're celebrating being back home because that's good too. And you know, this is a special Sunday because this is our monthly first fruit celebration. Because biblically, every month is a new prophetic season. And you need to hear what God is saying about it. You know, back in the Old Testament times even, uh, in the biblical times, every month the Jews had a special celebration they called Rosh Chodesh, which meant the head of the month. And it was a first fruit celebration. It was a time of praise and rejoicing and giving. And it was a time where they said, the very first thing we're going to do this month is we're going to honor God by coming together and praise him. And so they would come, they would praise, they would bring a first fruits offering. It was a time to honor God, but also they wanted to hear what God was saying prophetically about the month. Because if you know what God is saying, you can stay in step with the Holy Spirit. And, and if you stay in step with the Holy Spirit, you can prosper in every season. And so that's what we do at Glory of Zion. Every month we, get, we come together, we bring a first fruits offering, we celebrate, we praise God, and then we hear what God is saying about the month. And this is a very special month. This is our first fruits of Elul. And our message is the Hebrew month of Elul coming out of Av oh, into God's season of favor. So welcome to our first fruit celebration for the Hebrew month of Elul. Now for the ancient Jews, Elul was the sixth month of God's yearly calendar. The first month was Nisan. It was the month of the spring feast, Passover, unleavened bread, first fruits. The third month was Sivan. That was the month of Pentecost. The seventh month is Tishri. That's the, the, really the high point of the cycle of feast. It celebrates tabernacles, the Day of Atonement, and the Feast of Trumpets. And we are almost there now because now we're in the sixth month, the month of Elul. Now in our calendar, Elul usually begins in August and spills over into September. But to the Jews, Elul is a wonderful month. First, it means we have made it through the month of Av. In the biblical calendar, we have just finished the month of Av. Av is sometimes called the time of dire straits. <laughs> that means it can be a difficult month. Av is when Satan intimidated Israel to turn back in unbelief instead of entering the promised land. And it's often a time of year when Satan tries to intimidate God's people to make them turn back in unbelief and forfeit their destiny. In Av, it can feel like you have to press through a narrow place to get to the things God has promised you. You feel like the walls are closing in around you. But when you make it through Av, we enter the month of Elul. 
Coming into a lull means there's change ahead. We're in a season of change. What was true in the past season will not be true in the season ahead. In the month of a lull, we go from a narrow place to a broad place. We go from the oppression of the enemy to the favor of God, the experience of what he promised. And the lull is one of the most joyful months of the year. It's interesting, God, I think, has given us an interesting prophetic picture of what it's like to come into the month of a lull. Because this is the season when the monarch butterflies begin to show up in the Israel prayer garden. And see, that is a sign of the season. When you see monarch butterflies flitting through the garden in the month of Elul, you need to remember the process that it took them to get there. That butterfly began life as an ugly caterpillar. And then it formed a cocoon. And in that cocoon, it was slowly transformed. And finally, the time came for it to be released. And it squeezes through a small opening and it comes out and it spreads its wings. It's ready to fly. Now, the most difficult part of that process is when the newly formed butterfly has to squeeze its way out of the cocoon. That's a very narrow place. But squeezing through the narrow place forces fluid into its wings causing them to expand. And if it did not have to squeeze through that narrow place, its wings would never form. Ooh, there's, that's, a, that's a word for somebody here. Somebody's been saying, Lord, why am I having to go through this narrow place? It's because God is preparing you to fly. So when you see a monarch spreading its wings, it's saying... I made it through my narrow place. And that's what God wants for you as we move into the month of Elul. Now the word Elul forms an interesting acrostic. There's a phrase in the Song of Solomon that says, I am my beloved's and my beloved is mine. Now in Hebrew, the first letter of each word in that phrase spells out the name of this month. It's Elul. And see, that's what Elul is all about. It's a month to be with God in a special way. It's a time of special intimacy with God. The Jews call Elul a haven in time. It's a city of refuge from the ravages of life. Elul is also known as a month of God's favor. It's a month to run to the tower of God's might and be safe. Jews also say a lull is a month when the king is in the field. Now, what does that mean? Well, usually a king is a hard person to get to see. Most of the year, the king lives in a palace. He's protected by guards and by iron gates. To have an audience with the king, you have to make an appointment. You have to learn palace protocol. You have to be dressed correctly. And then you're ushered into impressive buildings. 
And when you enter the throne room, you feel intimidated. That's what it was designed to do. You know you have to be very careful what you say and do because the king is on his throne. But one month every year, the king left his palace and went out among his people. He set up a tent in a field near the town. And all who wanted to see him were welcomed. And the announcement was made, the king is in the field. And see, that's the month we're in. God is in the field this month. This is a time when God is very accessible. You don't need to climb up into the heavens to get his attention. You don't need to make him great promises. Oh, Lord, if you will just do this, then I promise. No. You don't need to follow some religious protocol or ritual. You only need to make the effort to go to him. During Elul, we often set up a tent in the Israel prayer garden as a reminder. When you see that tent, remember the king is in the field. Now, what is the field? Well, the field is where you work. It's where you live. It's your daily life. You know, usually we come to God in his palace. The palace is where the king lives. You know, when you come to church, we're coming into a heavenly realm and we're breathing the atmosphere of heaven. We're going into the palace. It's a very spiritual place. But in Elul, God comes down to where you live. He surprises you with his presence. He comes to remind you that he wants to manifest himself in your workplace, in your classroom, in your office, your shop, and your home. He wants to meet with you in the everyday affairs of life. But there's another way the king is in the field. And that's when you're on the battlefield. When you are being hard pressed by the enemy. When things look the darkest, the king is in that field too. He comes with armies of angels. And so this is a month of deliverance from the power of the enemy. This is a month God will meet you on the battlefield and lead you into victory. Tell your neighbor, God wants to meet you on your battlefield this month. <clears throat> Do you see why that was so important for Israel? Because if Israel had pressed through in faith and entered the promised land in the month of Av, they would have faced the giants in the month of Elul. And as they went out to the battlefield to face the giants, they would have discovered the king is in the field. The armies of heaven would have joined them to bring them into victory. Now, what can we expect when the king is in the field? Well, I'd like to share just three biblical patterns for this month. The first is Jehoshaphat in 2 Chronicles 19. We're told Jehoshaphat lived in Jerusalem, but he went out among the people from Beersheba to Ephraim and turned them back to the Lord. It says, then he appointed judges in the land. He told them, let the fear of the Lord be upon you. 
With the Lord our God, there is no injustice or partiality or bribery. So Jehoshaphat went out among the people to turn their hearts back to the Lord. This month, God is seeking your heart. God's heart is yearning for you, and he wants your heart to return to him. That's why this month means I am my beloved's, and my beloved is mine. See, God wants relationship restored. And as you come out to meet him, his countenance shines on you, and you are shown favor. When Jehoshaphat went out among the people, he saw some things God didn't like. There was injustice and bribery and oppression in the land. So he established judges to end the oppression, to bring justice. During this month, God not only wants to come near to you, he desires to bring you into the experience of his character. He wants to manifest to you his justice, his righteousness, and his love. But there's another biblical picture of a low, and that's Melchizedek in Genesis 14. We're told after Abram returned from defeating Kedor Laomer and the kings aligned with him, Melchizedek, the king of Salem, went out to Abraham and gave him bread and wine. And he blessed Abram, saying, Blessed be Abram by God most high, creator of heaven and earth, and blessed be God most high, who delivered your enemies into your hand. So when Abraham was weary from the battle, Melchizedek, King Melchizedek, came into the field to strengthen and refresh him. Now see, some of you have been through a battle. Anybody been through a battle? This is a month God wants to draw near to you. He wants to meet your needs. And he wants to refresh you. When King Melchizedek came into the field, he blessed Abraham. When God comes into the field, he comes to bless you. He wants to fix what is broken. He wants to overcome the emotional drain that has removed your strength. He wants to nurture you and restore you to health and prosperity. Now we can look at Melchizedek and we can look at Jehoshaphat. But the greatest example of the king coming into the field is Jesus. See, Elul is a picture of the earthly ministry of Jesus. John 1.14 says, The word Jesus became flesh and made his dwelling among us. The word dwelling there means tent or tabernacle. So the king of the universe left his palace and came and pitched his tent among us. And he lived here in our field in a tent of mortal flesh. And for 33 years, the king was in the field. He was God made accessible. You could come to him with a question. You could bring a request. You could receive what you need. He came to manifest God's goodness and love and righteousness. He came to heal and deliver. He came to draw us into an intimate relationship with God. And see, that's what it looks like when the king is in the field. Now, Jesus is always in your field. 
But God wants you to know the king is in the field in a special way this month. So how does he want us to respond? Well, he wants us to run to him because the king is here. God has come down to us. So go to him, draw close to him, give yourself totally to him because this is the month to say, I am my beloved's and my beloved is mine. But how do we actually do that? Well, the Hebrew letter for this season, I think, gives us a clue. You know, we always like to look at what God is saying prophetically through his calendar, through his alphabet. And in the Hebrew calendar, we're in a season represented by the letter pay. Now, Hebrew letters were originally pictures, and they each have their own meaning. Pay was a picture of a face. The word for face in Hebrew is panim, which is a pay word. And it's one of the most important words in all of the Bible because in Hebrew, your face represents you. More than that, God's face represents God. It represents the presence of God. And 2 Chronicles 16 and Psalm 105 tell us we are to seek God's face, his presence, continually. That means to seek to be in the presence of God. Now, God is always present everywhere But when the Bible talks about God's presence, it means his manifest presence. And God's manifest presence is when God reveals himself in a tangible way in a given time and place so you can sense and experience his reality. Now, when God calls us to seek his face, he's urging us to make a conscious choice, to make it a priority in your life, To experience God's presence. He wants you to seek his face. He wants to be face to face with you. And as you seek his face, he will meet with you. So you can experience his blessing and the overwhelming joy of his presence. I want to share a testimony. I've shared it before. But back in the early 80s when I was first baptized in the Holy Spirit, I used to love to take my guitar and just sit sit and sing praise songs to Jesus. And then one day, I was singing a praise song to Jesus, and Jesus showed up. There was nothing visible, but it was very real, and it was very tangible. And I knew that Jesus was there right in front of me. I was face to face with him, and I knew that he liked it, that I was singing a praise song to him. Now, that was one of the most incredible experiences of my life. It's happened many times since then. But for the first time, I understood what the Bible meant when it talked about seeking God's face, to seek to be in that intimate face-to-face relationship with the king. And see, that's an experience God wants for all of us. One of the most important things you can do in your life is to set aside time every day to draw close to God. Some people call it their daily quiet time. But you just find a time and a place where it can be just you 
in God. There are many things you can do in your time with God. One of the most important is prayer. You lift up your request to him. You can pray in English. You can pray in tongues. Another important element is Bible reading. You know, that's the first thing I do every day. It's before I'll read anything else, before I check the headlines, I read the Word. It's a way of giving God the first fruits of the day. Lord, the first thing I want to do today is to read your Word. But there are other things you can do. You can learn to study your Bible. And one of the easiest ways to do that is download some Bible software to your tablet or your phone. You can keep a journal. Linda has journaled for years and years and years. Keep a written record of the things God shows you. You can spend time praising God. You can sing to him. You can play an instrument. You can dance before him. But whatever you do in your quiet time, the goal is to seek his face. The goal is not how many chapters you read or how many people you pray for. The goal is to come in to his presence. And see, God wants you to seek his face this month. He wants you to be face to face with him. He wants you to seek his face and know the incredible joy of his presence. And if you'll do that every day, you'll be in revival. You'll be a carrier of revival. You'll become contagious with revival and you can take revival with you every place you go. And so that is God's goal for you this month. In the month of Elul, God is looking for a heart that is fully his. You know, that's what God always wants. Deuteronomy 4, search for the Lord with all your heart. Deuteronomy 6, 5, love the Lord with all your heart. 1 Kings 8, let your heart be wholly devoted to the Lord. You know, I love Deuteronomy 30, 21. God asks the question. He's still asking this question. Who is he? Who are the ones who will devote themselves to be close to me? And then he makes an incredible promise. It's almost unbelievable. It's a promise to those who will devote themselves to be close to him. Second Chronicles 16.9 says, The eyes of the Lord move to and fro, back and forth, throughout the whole earth, that he can strongly support those whose heart is completely his. If your heart is completely his, God is looking for you to back you up. So in the month of Elul, draw close to God. Put your life in his hands. All those things you've been worrying over, just entrust them to him. Look at the cares and the anxieties that have drained your strength and cast those cares totally on him. And then allow him to shine his favor on you. This is the month when the king is near. Tell your neighbor the king is near. Approach him and receive his favor. 
Call out to him and receive deliverance from every enemy. And if you will meet with him in his tent this month, he will show himself strong for you. So draw near to him. Receive the strength you will need to triumph in the days ahead. It's time to enter the month of Elul. God wants you to know the king is in the field this month. Thank you, Lord, that you are in the field this month. We welcome you. Lord, as your people, we open our hearts to you. We say, Lord, let us be those who will devote ourselves to be close to you in the month of Elul. Amen. Wow, let's clap our hands.